Hello, and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. I love this time of year, and uh, I love when it's getting colder. Uh, I'm not ready quite yet to put on pants. <laughs> I wear shorts, uh, I would say 90% of the year, uh, but once I transition to like jeans and leggings, like that's all we're doing. And so I'm not ready to do that yet. Uh, although the other night it was kind of chilly and I was going to sit on a patio with friends and, um, I, we didn't end up going, which is interesting, but I was like, once I put pants on, then it's done. I'm wearing pants. Um, but not, not yet. <laughs> so I was thinking about, uh, this week's topic and normally I will, you know, kind of solicit requests or, or have conversations or, you know, then the universe just gives me something to talk about. Um, I'm, I did get one request for hot dogs. Uh, I'm not going to do a whole podcast on hot dogs. I'm not, I told him I would mention it and that's all. <laughs> um, but the other one was, uh, really talking about, um, sticking to your word. And, uh, if you say you're going to do a thing, do a thing. And, the other side of that is, you know, kind of how that creates expectations from other people. Um, and so what it brought to mind was this idea of hope. All right. So uh, when I was first starting my practice, well, not even starting my practice, when I was starting graduate school, um, I struggled with the idea of hope. And um, it's one of those things that is kind of elusive for some people. And there's a lot of influential factors on how that shows up. And so, you know, when I was talking with, with my friends about it, really thinking about how codependency, um, is influenced by a certain level of hope. And so as, as, you know, having these conversations, the idea of toxic hope came to mind. And, um, so I wanted to kind of, you know, process that out and look at the more, um, significant spectrum of hope and how hope has a lot of power and potential, uh, especially when it comes to relationship and the things that we do to stay in relationship with people that we care about, um, and what we're willing to give in order to maintain those relationships. So anyway, graduate school happened and then some other life things happened. And so I was really struggling with the idea of hope. Um, it's funny because you know, people come into this line of work in terms of like therapy or counseling, um, from a lot of different perspectives. And I, uh, have always had, a significant respect for, uh, the human experience and resilience. Um, but some people, uh, really look at this idea of creating a level of hope so that people have something to look forward to or something to strive for. And, um, I think I got there by the end of graduate school, but it, you know, at the very beginning, like I said, life things happened and I was not there. Uh, and I really did struggle with it. Like I had a conscious thought of, I struggle with the idea of hope. Um, and so, you know, as we were having these conversations, you know, with my, my different friends and, and, and that's what I really appreciate about my particular friend group is that I can, um, have these kind of philosophical, broad conversations with them, and they come with their own perspective, and I'm super grateful for that. Uh, so really thinking about, you know, and, and we've talked about it certainly with the idea of credit and friendship and um, 
level of investment that we have with, um, you know, human beings that we want to maintain relationship with, uh, we, as, you know, people who are codependent, which I identify as, um, we have this, this level of caring for someone or loving someone and loving their potential. And with that potential comes a degree of hope, right? Um, and so, you know, one of the other conversations I was having is that, you know, human beings, we all have the potential to be successful. We all have the potential to um, work past our challenges, our trauma, whatever it is. Um, but that, that has to come with a certain level of hope and hard work. Uh, you can't just hope things get better and then they do. Like, that's not how that works. I definitely believe in magic, but that's not how that works. It has to come with a certain level of work. Now, hope for ourselves to change things when we have, uh, you know, the locust of control. That's one thing. Hope in another person to, for them to be able to match their potential comes with work on their end, right? And so, um, you know, the conversation I was having this morning is really looking at working past our own, you know, childhood trauma and triggers and and um, the things that maybe didn't work out to foster that hope and how we were able to work past that. Um, the video is paused and so hopefully it'll reconnect here in a second. So this idea of working to our own potential and figuring out what that is um, really comes in mind when we think about working past our current circumstances, right? Hold, please. So this idea that we have a certain level of potential and, you know, the people that we're in relationship with have a certain level of potential. And it really does come, you know, to a certain degree to your world perspective. Um, and so I will be the first to admit that I tend to have a more uh, realistic, if not pessimistic worldview <laughs> for the most part. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of always been, I, I look at the glass and then I see what's in it rather than whether it's full or empty. Um, and part of how I perceive the world has been based on, um, my experience of human beings and the things that they do and how they interact with each other. Uh, like I've said, I definitely see, uh, human beings from a realistic perspective, I focus a lot on resilience, our ability to work through and get past certain traumas and triggers and things. Um, whereas other people focus on the, you know, potentiality that most, most people or people in general are good or that idea of like human beings are born from this tabla rasa, like blank slate place. And then they are influenced by nature and nurture and experiences. I think all of that has a part in forming the human beings that we are and then the human beings that we interact with. Um, that said, what we've talked about significantly is our drive for connection and human interaction and attachment in relationship with other people. Not any one of us, you know, is born with this idea of complete solitude or, or solitary um, experience. And... So when we think about how we interact with each other uh, and how that then influences the next steps in our growth patterns and, and possibilities, 
what I think about is because, you know, human beings come to my office from their place of their experience and how that is influencing their current thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Um, generally that's not a positive place. Uh, and it is my job then to help them to refocus from things that have happened before now and where they would like to go in the future. And so really taking all of that information and filtering it through the potentiality of their strengths and making meaning and then, you know, consciously choosing how to address things moving forward. When it comes to relationships, um, you know, either titled or, or not, and when I say titled, I mean, you know, uh, potential family or people who have a definition in how or what the expectation is for that relationship, um, what we're looking at is the quality of that relationship uh, from a realistic perspective, rather than this is the title, this is the prescribed behavior, and then this is the interaction that should happen based on those things. Um, you know, I, I have written and talked about the myth of family. When we look at titled humans and how they interact with each other, um, the prescribed behavior creates an expectation. And so when we think about parents or siblings or um, extended family, the prescribed behavior is based on the society or culture we live in. And so when we have in mind what the expectation of those relationship dynamics are, you know, we have hope that it will work out in that way. Uh, the challenging piece is it doesn't always work out in that way. Oftentimes it's going to be based on um, their own experience. So if we have a relationship, you and I, and I have my perspective and view on how, you know, the lens with which I interact with the world and you have this lens, um, it may not always work out. I do apologize. The video is doing wacky things. Um, but really thinking about how we create expectation based on our perspective, our level of hope, and then the interaction that we have with another person, we put a lot of potential um, energy into and investment in what we have the expectation of, right? The relationship should be this thing based on title, based on um, experience, uh, based on societal information, and very rarely or not always are we looking at behavior. You said a thing, you do a thing, there's follow through, all the stuff. What we are facing and basing it on is our expectation of how that should work, and we hope that it does. Now, going back to this idea of like, I have hope in my future or in what I have the ability to do is based on my perspective and then the effort and energy I put into it and then, you know, the rest of the world working out in that way. And so, you know, when, when I think about relationships and interactions based on those things, you know, I'm going to look at what I have control over. Now, as a codependent human being who was raised not getting her needs met for the most part and, you know, recognizing from a very young age that I had a perceived idea of control over things, then I know what my potential influence is. I had a lot of external um, validation in that way saying that, yes, absolutely. This was my potential. 
Um, and, you know, there was a lot of privilege in terms of having access to education, having access to uh, being able to go to the library and, um, you know, having access to human beings who then saw me as valuable and worthy. Um, so I was validated in that way. And so I was like, okay, cool. I have all this potential to do all these things. Um, and then I'd come up against these, these roadblocks or this uh, other evidence that did not support that information. So my level of hope then decreased and my level of expectation also decreased for the most part, except that I kept using that same skill to be like, well, maybe if I did this and maybe if I did this and maybe if I tried this thing and, you know, that's where that level of hope then gets toxic, right? So if we're looking at a spectrum of hope, hope being positive, motivating all the things, and then hope being detrimental to our expectation, that is the, the spectrum. Um, for those of you watching the video, I'm holding my hands out. For those of you listening, that doesn't work the same. <laughs> um, but really recognizing that the, the, the relationships that we create with other human beings if we have this idea that my behavior, my choices, how I interact influences the level of and quality of relationship I have, I'm going to keep pouring into that, right? I'm going to keep going, okay, I'm going to try this thing and I'm going to do this next thing. Um, I don't know that I've mentioned the title of the book, uh, which is in publication process right now, uh, but the book is called Best Intentions, The Things We Do for Love. Uh, and it's that, right? And, you know, as we talk about our codependent behavior, we talk about all the extra things we are doing for love, validation, and acceptance. And if our goal is communication, connection, and understanding, I'm going to do as much as possible to be able to get that feedback, right? Get that acceptance, get that validation, get that love. And I have this hope, this idea that if I put my whole self into it, I will get those things back, right? And entitled relationships. So not even familial, but even like friend, uh, romantic partner, boss, like any titled relationship, I want to do the most to be able to influence that. I have control over my choices and my behavior, but I feel like I can control all the other things. And that's where it gets to that toxic place of I hope, fingers crossed, that everything that I am doing is going to influence the reciprocity and receiving of validation, acceptance, and love. And that's where it gets kind of sticky. Now, the other part is, you know, I was talking to uh, a different friend and we were talking about, you know, this idea of like creativity and um, work ethic and putting things out there. And I can hope for a million dollars all I want, but nothing will change if I'm not doing the work, right? Nothing will change if I am not hustling every day and <laughs> putting money away and saving to be able to create the potential for a million dollars. I hope, if I just hope, nothing is happening. If I hope and work, that could further my chances, right? And then if I then shift my own energetic perspective, to then attract the people in my life who support me, um, you know, 
emotionally and mentally who cheer me on who are like, yes, absolutely. You can do this. Or like, how can I help you? What can I do to, you know, put you in contact with the right people or, um, you know, recognize that, you know, you have a great idea and how do we get that off the ground and all the things like, you know, when I said out loud to my friends, <laughs> I think I'm going to retire and uh, go to Europe and I'm going to write a book. And they were just like, yes, you are. Absolutely. We support you 100%. What does that look like? Right. And then I went and then I got that support and then I did a thing and now here we are. But it took a lot for me to be able to say out loud, like, I believe in myself. I have a rec- I have an awareness of my own potential. And I didn't always have that, right? Like before I decided to do these things a year ago, there was a lot of other things that happened. You know, when I talk about graduate school, I think I've shared with you before, like it never occurred to me that being a therapist is something that I could do, let alone wanted to do. Um, except that like I was a peer counselor in high school. I was a peer counselor in college. Um, you know, I had significant experiences that kind of led me in that direction. And it wasn't until my girlfriend said, people tell you things, Stella, they just do. And I was like, oh, that's true. Uh, (laughs) And then I applied and then I went and then I was, you know, validated on a regular basis that that was in fact the path that I was supposed to be on. And as I was doing the things to continually reinforce that path, my level of hope increased. And I was able to have the hope and potential that I could create something that was sustainable. And even in having a conversation in one of my first years of uh, working as a therapist, really recognizing that codependency was a thing, I said out loud to uh, to my own therapist, uh, who then became a supervisor um, or a consultant, whatever, Uh, you know, I think that codependency is something that we really need to highlight and write about and approach from a different perspective. And that was like 10 years ago. And so all of that built hope a little bit at a time, plus hard work, plus continuing to do the things to be able to get to this place. Again, that's going to be the positive side of hope, that influential place where hope and potentiality kind of meet and then you know you move forward the toxic side or the the negative side of hope is that we continue to have a lot of um expectation that if i do all of these things there's the work uh then i will get that reciprocity and somebody will follow through and that doesn't always work so thinking about i have hope Therefore, see your potential, therefore have expectation on someone else who's not doing their work and not working to meet me where I'm at, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to feel frustrated. I'm going to have a neural pathway in my brain reinforced that my worth and my value is not enough for then me to get my needs met. And it's messy. It is difficult because if we have multiple relationships in our life where that potential isn't met and our expectations are not met, then we create that thought or that neural pathway that says, I'm not enough and I have to do more to be able to receive the acceptance, validation, and love. Boom, we've got codependency. Not helpful. (laughs) 
I am therefore codependent on other people to get that validation, acceptance, and love because I am coming at it from a place of deprivation, from lack, because I think that I need you to see me, validate me, and love me, and I am doing all of these extra things because I see the potential that you have to give it. I see you giving it to other people. I am not able to get it from you, and I'm trying to use all my tools and skills to do that, and you still don't see me. The challenging bit is that that is not necessarily about me, but I don't know that. And especially when that wound starts when you're a kid and, you know, the adults that we have in our lives, I would not say through no fault of their own, but without having that awareness are creating those unhelpful neural pathways. And then we get to adulthood and we are replaying those things in our relationships with other people. Now, without getting too deep in the weeds about going to therapy and doing all the things, I do want us to recognize that when we can start to, one, have the awareness that this is what I'm doing, recognize that am I just, am I seeing potential or am I seeing consistency? Am I seeing work? Am I able to have a conversation that says, look, I see I'm doing these things and you're not seeing me in this way. And the other person is, you know, also working on their stuff and have that awareness. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize that I was doing that. How can we work on it to make it better? Um, I talk about these evaluative processes and we evaluate on a regular basis relationships. Um, I talked about it when I was, you know, working with couples is that, you know, every couple of years, if not every couple months, and certainly when people come to therapy, it's going to be every week, um, having those evaluative conversations about what what do I want and need from this relationship? What do you want to need from this relationship? And how do we continue to work on it? Um, and it is a very conscious conversation to recognize what it, what is it that I want and need? What is it that you want and need? How do we meet those successfully? And how do we not? And uh, those are difficult conversations, generally in front of a therapist. Um, but even at the very beginning of relationships, I encourage people to have those conversations kind of right out loud and right up front. We don't have those with our friendships, uh, though I have had those kind of conversations where like, this is my expectation of friendship. Um, but it is important, even from our own perspective, to increase our awareness about what our needs are, what our expectations are, what do I hope to gain from this interaction? right? That's where the positive side of hope comes from, is I want to have really good connective relationships with human beings because my time is valuable, because I am worthy of having really positive, good relationships. Uh, it took me years to kind of figure that out. And as I evaluate the relationships that I'm in, I recognize that, and we have these conversations about, you know, are your needs met? Are my needs met? You know, how do I feel in those interactions? Increasing your awareness of how do I feel before, during, and after these interactions with the human beings I am spending my very valuable time with. Um, the same is going to be true even if the relationships are with people with a title. You know, do I feel validated? Do I feel seen? Do I feel important in the relationships that I'm in 
with anyone and with the people with titles. If that is not the case, do I need to spend my time in those relationships? I get to choose. And then I get to see if they choose, right? Without me having to do all the extra stuff. Am I, you know, running interference? Am I, you know, taking on your, your, your uh, crises? Crises. <laughs> Am I, you know, doing more than I see you doing, right? Um, I think there's this level of hope and potential that you will meet me where I'm at. If you don't, then I get to choose how much more investment I am making into the hope and potential that this will be something more meaningful and long lasting. If I choose then, this is not where I wanna be spending my time. This is not where I wanna be spending my energy. This is not where I wanna be spending you know, my resources in terms of the things that I am, am working to have boundaries on, then I get to choose what I'm gonna do in this interaction. So that's this idea of the spectrum of hope for hope that creates and really pushes and, and, and motivates us to do better and toxic hope that we are staying in something that does not serve us or serve where we wanna be or where we're going. Um, you know, I've talked before about clients who, uh, you know, kind of have it in their head that this is the one pathway to success. And it's not until we really recognize you're putting all your hope <laughs> in a potential that's not meant for you. And, you know, really recognizing how you could better spend that energy and time and effort putting it into something, one, either better suited for you or more realistic or something that is more attainable than continuing to put your energy and investment in something that isn't going to pay off in the same way that you want it to. And what I know to be true is that once clients kind of adjust those expectations and detach from the idea of what they expect it to look like or be, they actually find more joy and peace because then they start pouring themselves into something that feeds them and is reciprocal. That's going to be the same as true for relationships, that if we are putting a lot of effort and energy and expectation and hope into something that is not feeding us, is not taking care of us, is not giving us that same kind of energy back, um, then we end up frustrated and resentful. We end up angry. We end up hurt. Um, and then, you know, we end up hurting ourselves to continue pouring into to relationships and circumstances that aren't meant for us. Um, so that, that's your nugget for today, all the things. Um, I do have another set of stickers coming out soon, uh, which I'm super excited about. If you haven't seen the stickers already, they are uh, posted on my Instagram. Um, but they are sayings that I say regularly and my clients are, are super familiar with them because then they say them. Uh, so the next set that's coming out is uh, doing all the things, trust yourself, um, Surrender, which is one that I talk about often. And um, there is another one, and I can't remember what it is right now. <laughs> but once they're out, then I will uh, share them on Instagram. You guys can uh, DM me if you if that's something you want as part of your experience. I think it's $2 for a set of four. Um, I do have a bigger uh, sticker that just came out. That's too cute for the pinta. Um, <laughs> which is a reminder to keep your hands to yourself.
we are entirely too cute for jail and or the pinta uh and so you know keep your hands to yourself if you want those or are interested in what those look like uh shoot me a dm here you can reach me at lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com i just said that the name of the book is uh <laughs> best intentions the things we do for love it's currently in 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 the publication process i will let you know when that is out and available um excited about all the things oh by the way i uh did finish all my continuing education credits to renew my license i will be a licensed uh licensed mental health professional clinical counselor again uh probably by the end of the month i will not be taking insurance um so it'll be private pay only but you know how to get a hold of me uh, also doing coaching as a codependency specialist. Uh, so all the things. This is just me saying all the words, letting you know how to get a hold of me and all the things that I do. Uh, got a new workshop coming out in November. Uh, I had written on um, the holiday codependency skills toolkit. Uh, I'll do a whole workshop. Uh, it'll be a couple hours. It'll be in November getting you ready for setting boundaries around the holiday season. So if you're interested in that, get a hold of me. I will be posting things on all social media outlets. And that is your nugget for the week. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you to all of my listeners all over the world. Super excited about just everybody out there who's listening and learning about codependency. I will talk to you soon. Take care. All right, we have ended the video. We are ending the podcast. Thank you again for everybody who's listening and checking it out. The video is live on Instagram, Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC, and I will talk to you soon. Take care.